Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. Listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, got a lot to get into for this week's episode. Uh, Oscar nominations came out earlier this week. Some very exciting uh, nominations there that will break down. Uh, NFL free agency has been kind of crazy. Uh, there's been a lot of different uh, signings and, and, and big moves. Patriots are, are making some splashes there. Uh, wanted to, there's an update on uh, Myers Leonard. Um, what's his name? Uh, F. King Alexander, uh, the the former president of LSU, Louisiana State University, when Les Miles was there. Uh, that well, I'll start there with that first. Uh, so now he's the he became the the president of Oregon State University, uh, the the university I attended and I love. Um, so obviously that was very upsetting when they. Uh, when this all stuff, all this stuff came out, and he was a president, and he had known what was going on with Les Miles, and decided to turn a blind eye. And overall, what was going on at LSU? There was other other cases there, uh, a lot of assaults and and rapes there, reported by female students at the hands of football players. And LSU being the in the SEC, uh, you know, the powerhouse football conference in college football, they. They decided, hey, you know, we got boosters. We're we're making money off of this. We it's all about football. They got lost in the in the world of sports and uh, and you know their their female women students. They had to pay for it. Um, you know there was there was uh, may, there were many cases where you know the football players got off lightly because they're on the team. Um, you know athletes were not, there was no convictions in, in in most of these cases and they just got slaps on the wrist they didn't get suspended or expelled they were able to continue their their school like nothing happened uh meanwhile victims were you know having to share classes with them and see them there and they have to live with you know that that experience of what happened um so alexander he goes to oregon state they hired a search firm and they felt that this was the best candidate that they could get after ed ray had retired and ed ray he had his his past uh, issues there as well uh, with the whole uh, Brenda Tracy uh, case. And, you know, the other day, uh, you know, students are, are obviously upset there. And so they decided to start a petition and, and to get, you know, um, President Alexander removed from his position and terminated, try to get him to step down, which is awesome because I think he needs to step down. You know, everyone wants to hate on cancel culture and stuff, but this isn't this isn't that case, right? This is someone building a a culture of of violence against women. And hey, you know what? You're gonna get a pass because you're an athlete, and so I think he needs to be accountable for that. And he's going to another university, so he will probably do the same thing at this university. And he has never apologized or or, um, you know, taking blame for his, for being part of that situation and not stepping up and advocating for the, for the victims and, and firing Les Miles when he should have, and he should have done a better job to protect women on that campus. And he should do a better job to protect women on OSU's campus. So now with the students trying to uh, get rid of him, you know, they're the board of trustees, they're meeting, they met today. They had a very intense hearing. They had, um, they got to hear uh, King Alexander. He got to speak ninety minutes earlier this week, and there was a lot of students and uh, and professors. They they got to be heard by the board, and there was a lot of 
there was a lot of um, a lot of stories, a lot of emotional pleas to to basically get uh, President Alexander removed or terminated in some way. And I think he's toast. I think he's done. Uh, there's no way he keeps his job after this. You know, um, you know, it, it just it's a bad bad look for the university, especially you know if you go to every every college university, there's there's some situation, some story like that where you know there's an athlete does some something wrong and you know they get away with it and then there's a lot of you know with title nine there's a lot of victims that you know they they go through the proper channels to try to get to try to get justice for what happened and and you know try to get help and they're turned away you know at lsu there was another uh, their title nine person was he was asking victims who, who went in there and and were trying to report something he was asked oh well, what were you wearing it's like yo i was I was unconscious and I had too much alcohol and I was raped. Why would you ask what I was wearing? Why would that even matter? Someone saw me passed out and decided to take advantage of the situation. So just just things like that when you hire the wrong people, it it sets a, a it creates a a terrible culture there for women to even feel safe because if you're going to college, you want to feel safe like people are going to take care of you, right? You're 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 entering that part of your life where, you know, you're in the path to self-discovery and you're you're discovering what you like and, and as far as your career and where you want to go the next chapter of your life and then it can just blow up in your face and or something can happen and you know you can go off the wrong path and things just happen you know a lot of things happen in college and and you want to be able to feel safe no matter what what you're doing or or what your gender is or whatever you're wearing that shouldn't matter or if you're drinking or underage drinking whatever the hell that stuff happens but you should be able to feel safe and be able to reach out to administrators or or whoever can help you and you know and be able to be helped in that situation and it's unfortunate so looks like Oregon State's going to be looking for a new president which I hope cuz that guy's full of shit and he's been, he's also been a president at a bunch of other universities so he's just like how many other stories like this are at other colleges i bet if you you go and you investigate other universities and colleges, this kind of the same thing happens, you know, over and over again. So I'm disappointed in the university and the board of trustees for hiring him in the first place. But good on the students to to speak out for, uh, you know, against this hiring and then asking for his termination and his immediate removal from his position. Good on the students and way to be proactive and attack this issue head on. You know, and and, you know, being effective because it seems like it's going to work, which is great. You know, more power to to the students and to the people. Um, and because now, you know, if there's an issue, students will be heard and change will happen. You know, if it's if it's appropriate change. And I think this is appropriate change uh, for the university. We we get into another scandal uh, that we've been covering recently, Myers Leonard. Uh, you know, we we talked about his uh, his slur on his his streaming. You know, I mentioned uh, Mickey Arison, the owner of the Miami Heat, Myers Leonard's boss. Basically, he's he's Jewish. So what happened now was, you know, after he was suspended, he got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, I thought the Utah Jazz were going to trade for him and put him in a starting lineup, or or the Boston Celtics. Uh, but the the Thunder traded for him, and then they immediately announced. They said, "Hey, you know, we're trading for uh, Myers Leonard, but he's not going to suit up for us. He's not going to play for us at all. We just want that contract to be able to buy him out later or trade him somewhere else." And because he also got a second round pick for that, 
So now I'm thinking, because he has like one year remaining on his deal, I think. Uh, now I'm thinking like, well, you know, if they don't plan on playing him and then the Miami Heat immediately cut bait, is he is he ever going to play again? Because he's kind of like a bench role player. Uh, but, you know, with this, like, I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if anyone's going to want to sign him again and have to deal with the backlash from that. But, you know, I, I was just thinking like, what if it was, what if it was Jimmy Butler on that team? Like, what would, what would they do? Would he be suspended longer or would he have to still go through that kind of training? Would they have traded him to the Oklahoma City Thunder and would they have cut him or, I don't, I don't think so, but, you know, it's kind of, because, I mean, recently when there was that, uh, the George Floyd um, murder happened and then Black Lives Matter really uh, picked up again last year, I don't know if you remember, but Deshaun Jackson and I think Steven Jackson, you know, um, you know, Steven Jackson, formerly of the NBA, and then Deshaun Jackson, he, he was most recently with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they were coming out and kind of speaking out against the Jewish community and kind of saying, hey, you know, they kind of control everything, you know, we're doing this and this, and it was kind of this whole thing about, this. it was a lot of anti-Jewish rhetoric, and a lot of those other, I can't remember who, but there was other, I think it was Baron Davis too, I don't want to, I don't want to put his name on it if it, if it, that's not true, but there was other players who were agreeing with him, and then they were like sharing this, and then it kind of picked up, and people were like, hey, like this is a really bad idea, and you know they they deleted the tweets and stuff and they apologized i think stephen jackson ended up doubling down and stephen a smith on first take came out and was like you know challenging uh stephen jackson on it and then he like responded too but he re he doubled down on it and saying that uh the jewish community they in in sports and stuff they control everything and with shows and stuff and then they hire you know, um, black athletes and stuff. It was this whole thing like, hey, they control banks and all this and like we don't get a chance and, and whatever. But, you know, that kind of made me think of like this cultural and, and racial blind spot that, you know, other minorities have for other minority groups and, and ethnic groups. It's like, because those same people who are saying Black Lives Matter, they're also spewing anti-Semitic rhetoric, you know, during... The Black Lives Matter movement, you know, what's what Steven Jackson and Deshaun Jackson were saying. And then also, you know, I don't know about professional athletes, but you know, there's you know, there's an increase in um, violence against Asian Americans or, or Asian nationals because of because of COVID and because of Donald Trump's uh, you know, spreading lies and saying that, you know, just so you guys know, it's not actually it wasn't created in the lab in Wuhan and, and released by them and to kill people. That's not true at all. And so now people are just you know, attacking Asians in America just unprovoked and, and in some cases killing them. Like yesterday, there was, there was you know, eight eight uh, shootings. You know, someone shot eight people in in um, in Asian businesses in Atlanta, and he was this white extremist, and they arrested him. You know, they didn't, they didn't kill him or anything, and uh, they were all Asian women at massage parlors, and uh, they, and then the, the cops said something stupid like, "Oh, we believe it was, uh, we don't believe it was a racial target." It's like obviously it was. They were all Asian women who got shot and murdered. So, you know, and then there's you know in the, in the Bay Area too, uh, there's a lot of uh, Asians that are getting attacked, and you know, in in a lot of cases, they're by other minority groups. They're black and brown people attacking them, and like, are those same people saying? Black Lives Matter or, you know, Brown Lives Matter and stuff. So 
it, it's just super hypocritical of other cultures to say, hey, you know what? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta fight for our rights and stuff because you know white people have been been making us second class citizens. Oh, but fuck the other people who are who are second class citizens. It's like okay, but you know the, there's racism for in all forms for all different ethnicities and racial groups and 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 religions and stuff. So why why is it only like hey talk about your race and your ethnicity only, but we don't want to talk about the other ones. There's there's problems all across the board. But we look at it as like, oh, I only have my problems. I don't got to worry about the other one. But if we truly want to be a country where we're, where we're supposed to be accepting of everybody, then we, we all got to be equal, right? If that's what we want. So we have to have the same focus on each issue. And they all have to have the same attention. But right now, you know, like Jeremy Lin, he's, he, he's kind of in and out of the NBA. He was in the G League uh, recently. And he said that someone on the court, called him coronavirus. And then the G League started an investigation. They found out who the player was. He didn't want to name the player. But I think he should name the player because then you could go to his Twitter or his Instagram or something, and there's there's some Black Lives Matter stuff there, and he's got his fist up. He's got his shirt on. He's like, yep, I'm proud. But then that's like, okay, but what is it, you against everyone else? And we're just going to keep beating up on the Asian community and killing them? Because apparently they brought COVID and killed everyone. Come on, that that doesn't make any sense. And then, so everyone else, all these big athletes were quiet on the topic for a while. And Jeremy Lin was out there pushing the topic, talking about it a lot. And like no one was really responding. You know, while everyone talks about Breonna Taylor and stuff. Because they were killed by, uh, you know, police officers and George Floyd too. And, you know, all the many cases that where that happens. But... We don't hear about the names of the of the Asians that that have been killed over the last few months, and you know I don't know if that's you know no media attention or what, but or we just don't care. And I'm not saying it's a competition like we should focus on one or the other, but it's like hey, you can't have one without the other. If we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we need to talk about why are people killing Asians right now and saying that they're bringing COVID. And and it was created a lab and all this this fake crap that that Trump spewed and people somehow believe because they're stupid. And then also, we don't talk about uh, the immigrant the issue of immigration, you know, because that's just an ongoing issue. And and that and I feel like see me as a brown person, I feel like we get we get swept under the rug. There's never any attention on to pe- for people who look like me. And you know that, and I think it's also because we don't have, we don't have a celebrity or you know a, a famous athlete or someone. We don't have anyone advocating for us. We don't have LeBron James tweeting, "Hey, Brown Lives Matter," or "Hey, you know, what's going on at the border?" You know, you know these people need to stop being getting families need to stop getting separated and all this. It's all negative stuff. You never hear. Someone supporting that, like we have some actors here and there, but no one would not. They don't have the notoriety where people are going to listen. So I think it's more about what what effective ways can we bring attention to these issues and get them fixed. Because you know the issues at the border; these children are by themselves, separated from their families, and they're put into these these like little modern day concentration camps with like no food barely any food and like they they don't shower for days and they're all crammed up there and like no one talks about that 
Like, that's been going on for a long time. And guess what? The same cages and stuff that everyone was talking about that Trump had these kids in, he was using the same cages that Obama was using. And then Biden's doing the same thing. So it's like nothing has changed. And every time we get a president, they're like, hey, this is going to change now. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to get a task force to to bring back families together. But that's a brown problem. And it's, and it's not a black or white problem, so they don't care. And, and it's the same with the Asian community. Like, it seems like people don't care about what's going on in the Asian community. But you can't be for one and not the other. That's what I'm saying. We got to all work together in this country to be able to address all these issues and get everyone on the same playing field. That's what we want, right? Or that's what we say we want, but... I don't think that's what we want. Feel good today. Even though I started off a little negative, but uh, got two sales today, so I got a little pep in my step today. Um, usually, sometimes it takes a while to do that, but did that in a few hours, so feeling good. Um, I was able to watch some college basketball, you know, just some of the championship, the conference championship games. Uh, Georgetown, I think their record is 12-12. and 12. Uh, Patrick Ewing did it. He won the the tournament as a coach. Now did it as a player. Um, so so they're an automatic bid. They're in the tournament now. And then Oregon State. They were picked to uh, finish twelfth in the conference. And Wayne Tinkle, uh, he did it for them. He they won the tournament. Now they got the auto auto bid. They beat um, Colorado in the in the final game. It was a great game. Uh, but they were able to win that. They needed to win that to make it to the tournament. Uh, so now they're a 12 seed playing Tennessee in the first round as a five. Uh, that was the first time since 1988 that they went to the Pac-12 championship game. First time ever that they won it. One guy I saw that he won $20,000 off of that. Another guy, I think he won like 120 or 150,000, something crazy like that. And I and I for some reason I just didn't look at the odds or anything. I hadn't watched a lot of uh, college basketball. I think I watched two of their games, um, so I hadn't watched a lot. So I didn't look at the odds or anything, but man, all they put down was like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. Like I had that, I could have put that down and won some money, uh, since they were picked to, to win, to, uh, place last. And then they won the tournament, won the PAC 12 championship. I, yeah, I could have won a lot of money in it. Sometimes I get mad at myself when that happens, but I try not to gamble too much, but that, that was, that would have been good. Um, so I filled out my brackets. Um, like I said in the last episode, I haven't watched a lot. So I'll probably not win, or actually maybe I'll do better this year since I, I haven't watched a lot. Because uh, you know how you, you usually you play against someone uh, in in a bracket challenge, and they they were like, oh, I, I like this school, I like these colors, and I'm gonna pick this this school, and they end up going further. Uh, so I'll go over my picks. Um, I hate having I did mine on CBS Sports. I hate having to pick a, a download another fucking app on my phone, but um, but I, I joined a, a bracket challenge. Uh, with some people I know, so we'll see how that goes. We did two brackets. So the my first bracket, I, in either bracket, I didn't pick Gonzaga uh, to win. The first one, I had Iowa, Michigan, Baylor, and Houston in the final four. And then I have Michigan and Baylor in the championship with Michigan winning. And then the second one, I have Gonzaga, Alabama, Illinois, and Baylor in the final four. And then in the championship, I have Illinois and Gonzaga and Illinois winning. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just not going to go all in on the Zags because I've been there before. 
and they've burned me many times in bracket challenges whenever they're they're highly ranked or you know like oh they're they're playing at their peak right now and then we get to the tournament and then something just bad bad just happens every time um so i just don't trust them but i'm going with michigan to win i'm going with oregon state to to make a little run there just because i'm biased let's hope for a sweet sweet 16 at least that'd be nice to see uh we had the first four starting tonight i think and then uh the games the real games start on friday um so yeah that'll be exciting and they're doing it all in um in indiana they're doing the, a little bubble there um but it's exciting to see you know march man is back all the all the teams they 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 passed protocol and stuff a few refs had to be sent home but that's all right they could find some other ones right um and then you know that's gonna be going on through nba so uh, busy busy march and then i think there was a trade that just came through in the nba uh looks like the rockets finally traded pj tucker uh, he had been away from the team recently because he had grown frustrated with not being uh, able to be traded to a contender uh, so the the Rockets have sent P.J. Tucker to the Bucks. I like that. Uh, for D.J. Augustine, Radonius Kirkus, or Kirkus, I don't know who the hell that is. He obviously doesn't play. D.J. Wilson, uh, 2022 first-round pick, goes to Milwaukee, and a uh, 2023 first-round pick. Wow, that's a that's a big haul for PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker's thirty five. You know, like I said in the past, he I think he could play like limited minutes, twenty five, maybe thirty tops in a, in a really good game. But you know, he's he's already in the back half of his career. But I, I like this trade for the Bucks. I know he's a good defender and he can he can shoot that uh, corner three efficiently. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he he ended up with with Milwaukee. Um, so to clear up some cap space, uh, the Bucks sent Torrey Craig to Phoenix. Uh, they got him from uh, Denver because Denver had signed him, and then they ended up not having room, like cap room. Um, so he ended up going with to uh, Milwaukee, but then now he's in Phoenix. So that's a good pickup for Phoenix, like that defensively. Uh, the NFL has been crazy. If we want to talk about some uh, some other moves here, uh, Washington football team just signed uh, Curtis Samuel <clears throat> from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that's a three-year deal for $34.5 million. Uh, the Raiders signed Solomon Thomas from the 49ers on a one-year deal, $5 million. Uh, 49ers re-signed DJ Jones. Giants are talking to uh, Kennedy Galladay from, from the Lions. Uh, mutual interest there. I know the Bengals have also uh, offered him a deal there as well. Um, I saw this move too. I liked uh, AJ Green signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, if AJ Green is healthy, man, I, I like that trio of wide receivers there. I know Larry Fitzgerald is is older and probably his last year, but you know he's still effective. You know you have DeAndre Hopkins, and then now if you have uh, AJ Green healthy, I like that. I like I like that that trio there of wide receivers, and you got JJ Watt. Okay, some nice pieces, some good veteran pieces, um, and then uh, I mentioned earlier Trevor Ariza. Was part of that trade for uh, Myers Leonard uh, to OKC, so Trevor Reza gets sent to Miami, and uh, bet you can't name all the teams that Trevor Reza has played for. Off the top of my head, uh, let's see: Portland, Sacramento, the Lakers, the Thunder, and now the Heat. And then he was with the Rockets for a while, and then I think he was in Washington for a bit. 
And I want to say, uh, is that all? I think that's all I got. But I know there's probably a lot more teams than that for sure. Um, maybe the Clippers too. I'm not sure. Um, and then, so I like what the 49ers have done free agency so far. Uh, they signed Alex Mack, offensive line from the Falcons. And then they signed, they brought back Trent Williams on a monster deal, making him the highest paid offensive lineman of all time. They, he signed a six-year, $138 million deal to return to San Francisco. And I know uh, who else was in it was... Uh, Kansas City was in it. They freed up some cap space and made some moves with uh, with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to shore up that offensive line. They did bring somebody else in. They brought in Kyle Long out of retirement, and then they signed Joe Thune to a five-year contract worth $80 million. Includes $32.5 million fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, third year of the contract is only guaranteed for injury, but it... Uh, converts to full in 2022 and then they re-signed taco charlton to one-year deal um and then uh dak prescott was re-signed uh, to a massive deal by the dallas cowboys uh he signed a four-year 160 million dollar contract has a max value of 164 million it includes 126 million guaranteed um and then so you know, there was speculation with Russell Wilson that he might get traded to the Dallas Cowboys. So that puts that to rest. Uh, Dak Prescott stayed there uh, in Dallas. And then Chicago, I know they had, uh, this was on the Dan Patrick show earlier today. Uh, they made a, the strongest offer to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. It included like three first round picks, two second round picks, and two starters. They offered uh, Khalil Mack. I was told, or I wasn't told, but people were told that were important. I don't have anyone telling me any information like that. I have to look it up myself. Uh, but, um, yeah, the the Seahawks turned that down. They do, they do want a quarterback in return. And, you know, Russell Wilson is going to want a new contract, apparently. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, in, he's in his early 30s. He's going to get into his mid-30s. But he wants to be paid on – he wants to be one of the highest paid uh, quarterbacks in the league so whoever gets him is going to have to re-sign him to a, a big contract and I would I'd rather trade the hall for Deshaun Watson and sign him to a bigger contract but he's already under contract he recently just signed that fat contract uh, to stay in Houston so whoever trades for him will have him under contract for a few more years of Russell Wilson he's gonna want a new contract um, and I guess it sounds like the Seahawks are wanting a, a, their starting quarterback back uh, in return in that trade, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's going to be moved unless he sits out, which I, I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, so, I like I said in the last episode, I think Russell Wilson will still be with the Seahawks uh, this season. Maybe next week we'll, we'll have a more serious conversation. So instead of getting Russell Wilson, Chicago Bears signed Andy Dalton. <laughs> um, and they're not bringing back uh, Mitch Trubisky. And then Deshaun Watson, there's just a bunch of reports out that he's not getting traded at all. They're not They're not even taking calls and all this. They're still playing hardball. But they can't play hardball when it's week seven and Deshaun Watson is nowhere to be found. So I think they'll eventually trade him this season. I think they're trying to wait as long as they can. And they're, they're basically challenging Deshaun Watson. Hey, we don't fucking believe you that you're going to sit out. 
So he's going to have to sit out. And I think he's fully prepared to sit out. That's what all the reports are out saying that he's like, hey, I don't care. I, I will take this as far as I need to until I get out of here. So I, I think um, I think he's going to win that one, but we'll see. Uh, Patrick Peterson of the formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. He just signed with the Minnesota Vikings. I like that. They got some good cornerbacks there, so um, they're going to add to that depth there. Um, Hunter Henry signed with – let me go to New England's uh, signings. They made some big moves. Um, They signed Hunter Henry, and then they also signed – re-signed Cam Newton to another one-year contract. But, you know, last year was kind of a wash. There was a lot of players opting out, COVID. They didn't have that off-season program that they would normally get. And then now this year, they had all this cap space. They signed Kendrick Bourne from uh, San Francisco to a three-year deal worth 22.5. I mentioned uh, Hunter Henry from uh, the the Chargers. Jonu Smith from from the Titans. That was a good, big deal there. Four years, $50 million. Uh, Trent Brown, they traded, him, traded for him with the Las Vegas Raiders. He used to play for the Patriots. Uh, so they just swapped uh, 22... 2022 fifth round and seventh round picks uh, and then they signed some uh some depth on the defensive line and uh matt judon uh some reputable names here jalen mills from the eagles four year 24 million dollars uh, they're not done yet and then uh nelson aguilar from he was with the eagles and i think he was with the raiders last year uh two-year deal worth 26 million so you know they're trying to reload Trying to get Cam some weapons, you know. I mean, even in in uh, Tom Brady's last few years, there, you know, that was their problem. They had no weapons. You know, they're like, hey, we gotta get Tom some help. And in the end, I think that's why Tom uh, chose Tampa Bay, and you know, because they had more weapons and they were they were trying to build around him. Where Bill was just like, hey, we gotta cut costs, and you know, they didn't want to pay people, but you know, they they made a lot of moves. They've already signed one, two, three, four. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They signed 15 guys already, like the first couple of days of uh, free agency. So, you know, they're trying to reload and try to make a run. I think I think Tampa Bay is on on their schedule for this year. So Bill Belichick just wants to beat the shit out of Brady this year. Um, you know, that that's pretty funny. To, that's pretty funny to think about. Uh, and then the Dolphins, they signed Jacoby Brissett, one-year deal. Um, and then Malcolm Brown from the Rams. And then they got some... Offensive line helped there as well. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders went with the Bills. He was just cut by uh, New Orleans. And then and then the Jets made some moves. They have a lot of cap space. Uh, Brown and Corey Davis, three-year deal. Um, and then some others, some more depth there. But, you know, they, they got to make figure out what they're going to do with Sam Darnold, if they're going to decide to keep him or not. Uh, the Ravens, uh, they re-signed for now McPhee, Justin Ellis, uh, Derek Wolfe. They pretty much re-signed all their guys. They traded for Josh Oliver from uh, the Jacksonville as a tight end. Then back on Jets for a minute. I think Juju Smith-Schuster might sign with New York. He seems like he wants to play with his former quarterback and Sam Darnold. They play together at USC. It seems like he's not going to return to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has lost a few players uh, to uh, other teams in the AFC. So you know they're they're not doing a good job of keeping their guys. Texans made some moves. They re- they signed Tyrod Taylor. I think that's a sign of uh, them kind of preparing for Deshaun Watson, maybe. And they're like, hey, that's all right. We got Tyrod. 
uh, or to Rod, he said he'd like to be pronounced. Um, and then they signed Mark Ingram, Andre Roberts, and then you got some other guys on the offensive line. They traded for Shaq Lawson. Uh, that's a good trade there. And then, um, yeah, they got some uh, some defenders right there. They signed some corners and linebackers for some defensive depth. And then we look at the Jaguars. The Jags are getting are getting aggressive. Um, they signed Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback from uh, Seattle. They got him away from Seattle. They traded for Malcolm Brown, shore up the defensive line there. Traded he's from uh, it was in New Orleans, and then um, you know they franchise tag Cam Robinson, brought in Philip Dorsett, brought in Jamal Agnew, brought in Marvin Jones, and then brought in Carlos Hyde. So they're bringing in some some weapons there for. Uh, probably Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, it has to be Trevor Lawrence. If it's not Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing then. Uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, they they signed Bud Dupree from from the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a great signing. Got him for a five year deal worth eighty five million, and then uh, they brought Janoris Jenkins in for a three year deal, which is also a good signing there. Um, got some defensive help. They they were able to to replace their the loss of their tight end and brought in a couple other tight ends there for them um and then you know some other defensive depth there washington football team making some moves they decided not to bring back alex smith uh but they did sign ryan fitzpatrick one-year deal uh they did sign lamar miller and then curtis samuel mentioned earlier and uh william jackson the third three-year deal there so you know I, I i like i like those choices there um you know they're obviously going to go for a quarterback here in the draft. I think they're going to make a trade. You know Cam Newton was linked to him because of Ron Rivera, but uh, he ended up back with with the Patriots. And then onto the Bears. You know I mentioned Andy Dalton. They franchised Allen Robinson, who who said he was going to be upset if he was franchise tagged. So it, they're, he's probably going to be out of there after this year, maybe with a trade or something. I'm not sure, but um, there's some there's some animosity there between him and the front office uh, lions they signed tyrell williams and uh this was funny what the lions did so michael brockers defensive tackle he used to play for the rams and then when the rams traded jared goff to detroit for matthew stafford michael brockers came out and said oh uh matthew stafford's an upgrade from from Jared Goff. Well, yesterday, Michael Brockers acquired a trade with the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for a 2023 seven-round pick. So he just shit on Jared Goff when Jared Goff got traded to the Lions. And now Michael Brockers is going to join his former teammate after that in Detroit. So he got traded to Detroit after he said that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Put his foot in his mouth. And then the Packers, they resigned Aaron Jones to a four-year deal. Um, you know, Miami had some interest, and he had some. There was some mutual interest there, but uh, they were able to re-sign their guy there. Uh, good deal there for him. Um, and then the Saints, you know, Drew Brees officially announced his retirement, uh, so he's on to NBC. And now, you know, the Saints got to figure out who their starting quarterback is. They brought back uh, Jameis Winston on one-year deal, and they also have Taysom Hill. And you know, Taysom Hill, he played well in the absence of, of Drew Brees last year to injury. But, you know, Sean Payne came out and said that this is going to be an open quarterback competition. they got to compete for the job. 
And, you know, I think I'd rather go with, with Jameis Winston. You know, he's he's got to work on those mistakes, though. I, I hope he's not, you know, throwing as many interceptions as he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, you know, I think they're fine either way, honestly. I think, you know, they can still, you know, win win the division or, you know, wild card or something at least. Or maybe not win the division because you got Tampa there. But, you know, 10, 9, 10 games, maybe 11, you know, if one of them gets hot. But I think either way, I think they're fine. You know, I think it all comes down to Sean Payton, really, and then the, those offensive weapons and if their defense can get some stops. That's what I think it all comes down to Sean Payton, really. And um, so I think they're fine either way. Um, they'll still have an explosive offense and be able to do different things. But they got to build that chemistry with uh, Taysom Hill and uh, Michael Thomas because it just wasn't there last year. I don't know if it was because Michael Thomas was injured or what, but it'll be interesting to see how they, how they turn out or if they do go with Taysom Hill and he starts the whole year. Uh, the Buccaneers are franchised. Uh, Chris Godwin brought him back on that and then uh, brought back Gronk on a one-year deal. Shaquille Barrett signed a four-year deal. Levante David signed a two-year deal. So they're bringing back their guys. Uh, they're going to try to bring back Ndamukong Sue. They Leonard Fournette is still uh, a free agent, and the Seahawks are interested, and Tampa wants to bring him back. But Tampa is also interested in James White. Uh, so they're, they're going to make some moves there. In the running back position, so that's pretty much most of the the moves that have been done so far in the NFL free agency moves. NBA trades will start to kick up here soon. We just uh, had that one with PJ Tucker and Tory Craig for the Bucks and the Rockets and the Suns. Uh, so that'll pick up soon, and I, th- I think the the trade deadline is at the end of this month, if I'm correct. So Oscar nominations came out. Um, earlier this week, as I mentioned. And then, so we'll go through the nominees here. Uh, so for Best Picture, it was Sound of Metal, which was which is an awesome movie, uh, one of my favorite movies I've seen recently. Um, I was kind of surprised, actually. I didn't think it get a, got, enough, uh, got enough recognition or enough people saw it or whatever. But, um, yeah, so that, that one is on Amazon Prime. Uh, Mank, uh, a, that's a David Fincher movie, I believe. Um that's the one with Gary Oldman, and it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, so I'll have to check that one out. And then Promising Young Woman, that one was Carrie Mulligan, and I, I want to see that one. That one looks really good. And then The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, I saw that one. That one's very good. Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, that one's also on Netflix. And then Nomadland with Francis McDormand, uh, that one is probably the favorite. Um, that one was really good, too. This is my favorite time of the year, though, when all the nominees come out, and then I gotta see which ones I've seen yet, or which ones I haven't seen, and then I gotta catch up and watch all those. So I gotta watch Benari. I've been wanting to watch Promising Young Women. I gotta see that one, and then The Father. That one looked good too. Um, so I'll check out Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and The Father. And I guess The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I haven't seen that one either. So I've only seen like three of these. So I didn't do a good job. Um, and then Best Actor, we have Anthony Hopkins in The Father. And then Riz Ahmed, he, he became the first Muslim actor to be nominated for something or for Best Actor um, and for Sound of Metal. Uh, Steve Ewan in uh, Minari. Um, that one looks really good, too. That one is about a, uh, a Korean-American family. They move to an Arkansas farm in search of their own American dream. Uh, the family home 
changed completely with the arrival of their sly, foul-mouthed, but incredibly loving grandmother amidst the instability and challenges of this new life in the rugged Ozarks. Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes it home. Um, so yeah, that one sounds good. I might check that one out soon. Um, that one I think is on, I'm going to say Amazon. Yeah, that one's on Amazon, I think. And then uh, The Father, this one just sounds, this one got 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's amazing. Uh, it just sounds so depressing, though. Uh, a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. That's just like something that everyone goes through at some point in their life, and I just, I don't know. That, that, that seems like a hard watch, but um, yeah, Anthony Hopkins plays the father in that one, and he was nominated for uh, uh, Best Actor in that one. And then uh, Riz Ahmed, and then Steve Ewan, and then Chadwick Boseman in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That one's also on Netflix. I haven't seen that one yet. And then Gary Oldman in Mank. And then what else here? Best Actress, Andrew Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday. That one is also on Netflix, I want to say. That's a Lee Daniels movie. Oh, no, that's on that's on Hulu. Sorry, that's on Hulu. There's so many fucking subscriptions. And now we have Paramount Plus. Like, who asked for Paramount Plus? I didn't ask for fucking Paramount Plus. And then, let's see, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. That one is that was on Netflix. I'm fucking sure of it because I saw it on Netflix. And that was... That was such a deep uh, role for her. You know, you can, she, I guess if, if you just read like the synopsis, it tells you what happens, but um, it starts right in the beginning. She loses her, her, her baby, you know, she's pregnant and it, it's a miscarriage. And then you kind of just go through the whole movie. It's like, you know, how it changes her and like her whole perspective and how it changes her relationship with her husband, who's played by Shia LaBeouf. And it's, it's a really good movie, but it, it's just, it's very real, which, you know, a lot of women go through that. And it, it was just a, a tough to watch. But, you know, she, she played it very well, and I, I think she could definitely win uh, win an Oscar there. And then Carrie Mulligan for uh, Promising Young Woman, mentioned earlier. And then Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And then Frances McDormand in Nomadland, which I, I think she's probably the favorite for that one. Um, her and Vanessa Kirby. Man, that's a, that's a stacked ballot right there i mean you could pick any of them right there uh to win and uh, you know I, I wouldn't have a problem with that best director uh thomas vinterberg for another round uh david fincher mank uh chloe zhao for nomadland emerald fennel for promising a woman lee isaac chung for minari that's probably one of the most diverse uh, best director ballots that we've seen in a long time, maybe ever actually. And then best supporting actress, Amanda Seyfried and Mank, Olivia Coleman in The Father, Yoon Young Jung uh, in Minari, and then Maria Bacal Bakalova, I got it, uh, for uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, the second Borat one. She was really good in it. Um, and then actually, I'm surprised by this one, Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. I read the book and I love the book. Uh, my mom got that book for me and, and loved that book, so she recommended it to me. Um, but the movie was was different. And the movie's got 
awful, awful reviews and people kind of tore it apart. I I liked it because I liked the 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 book, but I can see why people liked it. There was parts of it that were kind of just just so annoying and frustrating. You know, if you see it, that one is on Netflix also. Uh, but the book is really good, and Glenn Close was good in it. You know, and, and she's a great actress, so. Um, I don't think it should have gotten torn apart like it should have, or like it did. I think it got, I forgot what it got on Rotten Tomatoes, but it got just completely torn apart. Anyway, uh, Best Supporting Actor, uh, Paul Racy, or Rossi, I want to say, uh, in Sound of Metal. He's the guy who uh, Riz Ahmed goes when he has to go, um, he goes to that, that camp and kind of like learns the ASL with everyone else and he's kind of living there at that home um he's he's the the counselor that he talks to and then sasha baron cohen uh for the trial of the chicago seven lakeith stanfield and judas and the black messiah very good in that one and then Lou, uh leslie odom jr who played sam cook in one night in miami that one's on amazon um, and then daniel kaluuya uh for uh playing fred hampton in the judas and the black messiah is really good in that one, and then let's see. I haven't seen any of these these documentaries. Uh, the Mole Agent Collective, My Octopus Teacher, Crip Camp, and Time. And then uh, what else do we have here? Best Original Screenplay, Sound of Metal, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Wow, that's a that's a, a stacked ballot as well. Best Adapted Screenplay, One Night in Miami, The Father, The White Tiger, Nomadland, and Borat Subsequent Movie Film. You don't usually see comedies get nominated for Oscars. And you have, I think, was that three now? The, uh, um, nominations for a comedy movie. Um, you know, I think they have to have their own, their own category for the Oscars. But, you know, because it is tough. But I guess that movie was kind of important because, you know, it kind of... <laughs> It, it, at the time when it came out, you know, with coronavirus and then the whole Trump part of it, then you could see why these Trumpsters didn't believe or continue to not believe COVID and, you know, just how he, he does like those those setups where they think he's someone else. Those are always pretty fun. And then you can see who people actually are. Like Rudy Giuliani, what, that scene where he's going to interview, he's going to do an interview. Um, and then he goes, they go to a hotel room and he's like taking his pants off and stuff. Like, okay. But then he came out and said, like, oh, no, that was heavily edited. Just like, okay, dude. I'm sure it was. You look like you're about to do something. You're ready to do something. Because you were, you were getting kind of handsy there, Rudy. Got to watch yourself there. Um, so, yeah, that that obviously exposed some things that I'm sure everyone already knew. But whatever. So th those are the main uh, nominations that we have for the Oscars. Um, you know, you can – there's – all the different streaming sites to be able to watch those and and give your opinion on those either whether it be Amazon, Netflix, or HBO or whatever. Since there's so many now, um, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining me in this episode next week or the week after probably. Um, I'll get more into the NBA because we'll have the trade deadline, so hopefully there's some big moves. But you know, so far right now it's been kind of quiet on that front. Um, there's been rumors here and there, but no actual traction on anything. Um, but yeah, and then March Madness, uh, the, before those games start, you got to get your bracket done before Friday. So um, you have the end of this week. What's today, Wednesday or Thursday? Oh, today's Wednesday. So you have Friday, by, by Friday to do that.
And actually, I said the first four were on when were tonight, thinking it was Thursday, but today is, is Wednesday, so those are tonight. So anyway, thanks for thanks for joining me.